like nothingness and emptiness is the place of creation. And if you can tap into that nothingness and that emptiness, you can create your future there Mm. that's free from the conditioned past. Created for the MAPE community by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. I'm your host, Carl Desir, and I don't think excited really describes how I feel about our guest tonight and having a conversation with her. I've known her for, I guess it's almost nine years now. I'm just going to call it almost a decade. That sounds like there's more gravitas behind that. And we've had many conversations in the past, and this is just another one for the book. So I can't wait for you all to hear her story, what she's up to, doing big things. Ariel, go ahead and introduce yourself, please, so I can stop talking. <laughs> um, I am Arielle, and I am the MAPE class of 2012, New York. Zenith Optimedia was uh, no, I my that. friendship summer. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, it was Zenith, it was Zenith. I'm surprised I remember that, because I don't even remember what company I worked for 10 years ago. Yeah, it was Zenith Optimedia, and that was um, the summer spent in New York. I am a television writer and producer now. I've worked on three different series. I'm currently on a Netflix series called Hentified. Also, my first co-producer credit, which is super exciting. And uh, yeah, and uh, so that's that's what I'm up to now. I've um, and this is in the last decade. I've hopped around quite a bit, as Carl knows. I've had three different career paths. I started in advertising and moved to tech when I was working at Google in Silicon Valley, and then and then came over, hopped over to Hollywood, and now I am a television writer, producer, performer, and director. We're definitely going to get into the three different careers in about a decade. <laughs> And what it was like transitioning. But I want to know, because like a lot has changed in, in maybe I want to kind of understand. Actually, I understand because I, I was there when you were there. But I want you to tell the folks like what it was like as a maper in 2012 in New York City. I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't know how to describe it, but it was, it was one of my favorite uh, like summers. It felt like, uh, it felt like a, a I don't want to say grown up because it, I, there's, the year after college, there's nothing about yourself that feels grown up yet. But um, it, it felt like a like a quote unquote grown up summer camp experience. I think that the New York interns, especially because that's where the majority of the interns were, really had a sense. There was a, a big sense of bonding uh, between all of us. We were all there doing the same thing, uh, trying to survive in New York City on thirteen dollars an hour, um, which was <laughs> oh man what we were making at the time. And yeah, it was just, it was kind it was like summer camp. It was, it felt like an initiation um, of some sorts. And there's, I don't know, like it, it, the friendships that were made that summer. And, um, and also just very, it was my, it was the first time I, I was born and raised in Chicago and I went to school in Illinois. So it was like the first time that I was doing something like for professionally that was away from home and I felt like that summer really opened my world to 
what was possible. I guess like that's how I would describe the summer of 2012 is it made my world feel more possible. I love that. It's, it's one of the things that I love about the program um, minus 2020 because, you know, COVID is that it does <laughs> give just so many people a chance to go work somewhere, live somewhere, create friendships and relationships somewhere that maybe they never thought they could. Maybe never thought they could at that moment, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to go from whether it's Chicago to New York or New York to San Francisco or, you know, Chicago to Atlanta, somewhere where someone's actually like, well, we want you here. We're paying you here. The 4A's Foundation helps you, you know, go there and live there. And now my world is bigger than it was before. I think it's one of the kind of underrated benefits of the program. Not many programs actually do all that for the participants. So I love how you said that, like your world just opened by the summer. And I'm sure, I mean, it's had to be like you had, you've had three different careers in the last, you know, under a decade, like your world must've been like super open <laughs> at that point. So after leaving MAPE, you, you said you went to the ad world, tech, and then to entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Let's yes. talk about like each one of those transitions, like, you know, MAPE to the ad world and then ad world to tech and tech entertainment. Walk us through that. I got all night. Um, I honestly, I, it has a lot. I think it just has a lot to do with me being such a curious person. Um, I've always been a very curious kid. And I think a lot of it, like a lot of my experience have been the last decade has just been me bumping into a lot of stuff uh, through trying a lot of things. And it's interesting because I don't think until very recently I, I used to have like, like a deep like shame around this that like, I like, you know, couldn't focus on one thing uh, and that I would explore one thing and become obsessed with it and then like make that my thing. And then I'd try, you know, do like tr- try to, if, if I was going to do that thing, I'd like, oh, I'm going to be the best at that thing or I'm going to try to like, do the best I can in that lane. And then I'd get there and I'd be like, okay, but now I want to do this other thing and it's over there and I'm going to go do that. And I used to really feel, yeah, like a deep sense of, of shame around not having like a a very specific focus. Um, And like, so I think that the last decade is kind of the result of me just kind of following my curiosity. And I think (laughs) along the way, maybe feeling like maybe I wasn't focused enough. And I think now, I think we talked a lot about this in our last conversation is that the world is kind of, I think, built for, you know, the people who are, have a one track mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes if you don't, if you're not built that way, uh, there's like this inherent, like, like self-criticism that happens, like, well, what's wrong with me? But I don't, I don't know. Like now I'm just starting to, the word polymath is like really come into my consciousness recently. Mm. And I'm trying to embrace that word is that like, I've just been curious and I've followed those curiosities to different career paths and I've bumped into a lot of things along the way, but there is like not a single one of those things has been a waste of time in any way. Like it's given me things to write about as a writer and it's helped me grow. And it's like, ultimately like, just like led me to this moment. So I, you know, as far as like the last decade, it's trying on a lot of things. Uh, it's like been playing dress up and, and, 
you know, like putting on the costume of going to to Hollywood and going to Google and going to New York and playing the role and then getting ready for the next role. It's it's so interesting because you, you hit on so much this kind of shame in not having the one track, which I think sometimes happens a lot in communities of color because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us are taught to, you know, you, you go to school, then you get a job. You know, whether school is just high school, whether school is some trade school, whether school is college, then advanced degree, like there is a path for you to be something that you, you've worked all this for. And like, then that's your job for the rest of your life. And that's right. what you do. And, you know, the, the idea of, like I said, playing dress up, but mm-hmm. also knowing that it's not just playing, like you've, you know, like you said, you've made connections through each one of these career mm-hmm. paths that have given you things to write about, it's given you experiences, given you relationships and friends and all these things that have, you know, come from that have all been just part of your experience. I think that's often lost on a lot of people. And they're, they're so like one track because someone told them they had to do X, Y, or Z, right? Of course, you're going to go work at Google because it's Google <laughs> and you're never going to leave that unless you go to another big tech company because why would you ever right. leave that space? But I mean... Obviously, we've known each other for a while, and I, I remember you on this path, sometimes doubting it, being like, why am I doing this? <laughs> why did I just do that? <laughs> yeah. Talk to because, you know, playing dress up, and sometimes, you know, playing dress up, you know, it can even be seen as like, you know, you fake it till you make it. You're just wearing this facade. But I think you meant it in a, in a deeper sense of this. Talk to me about those, like one of those times when you're like, yo, this is not, why did I do this? Why did I put myself through this? And what helped uh- get you through that? Yeah, I I would say that, I mean the time when I when I came to LA, I think that I had a deep sense of like, oh my god, what did I do? There's no going back, but I don't know what to do going forward. I I, I could I would have to say like the summer of 2016 and yeah, there was like a good that that there was probably actually like a 6-month period in 2016 when I was a deep doubt about whether or not I made the right choice to come here and to pursue television writing as kind of like my next experiment. And that came from, like, I I came here for, it was a a comedy showcase through CBS. And it was like a four month period of time that was unpaid. (laughs) Mm, And one of those. Yeah. And so it was, it was, it was a financial risk more than anything. And I think like that, that had a lot to do with the uncertainty at the time was, am I going to be able to support myself doing this? Am I delusional about what I can achieve while I'm here? And if it's possible, if the doors are going to open for me, I would say that that was probably like that, that, yeah, that time was very scary. And, and I had just like doubts about whether this was, if curiosity was enough or if I should at that point, be thinking more like, uh, I, you can't, you won't be able to see me doing this and putting little quotes up. But like, if I should be thinking more like a grown up about my career and like, should I have stayed at Google and, or, or work for a traditional company? And, um, how did I get through that time? I actually, I, I don't, I don't think I got through that time. Well, I, I think I white knuckled my way through that, that time. I don't think I didn't have the tools at that point point in time so that I could like be embodied like during that time period. Like I I was very much in my head a lot during that time. And I would say that I'm able to more intentionally 
tap into trust now and tap into more into awareness than I was then. But I, I think like I was doing it then, but like unconsciously, like I would like accidentally, you know what I mean? Like, like catch a moment of synchronicity and then yeah. run with it. And I didn't have like the, the language or the tools then I was just, it would just kind of happened. And I think that's always come from uh, uh, me always having a really close relationship with, with my spirituality and, and a deep sense that I'm not alone when I, even when I am, you know, like I, I've never, I've always felt very divinely guided in that way. And so there are moments of, of faith, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I had, and now I have more language for that faith. And now I have more tools to access that faith. But like, I would say that that time period of doubt between Google and getting my first TV writing job was probably the most uncertain I've been and, mm-hmm. um, and getting through it, like <laughs> would do so many things differently, but well, uh, I, so I, I have, you know, we're, we're in very uncertain times right now. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there who have more than a few doubts right now about whether it's their career choices in this. And I'm not saying, you know, the way you handle it works for anyone, but I have a friend mm-hmm. who's doubting a lot of their, you know, choices right now, you know? And so I'm asking for them. Okay. <laughs> what You mentioned tools and language. What mm-hmm. tools and language do you have now that you say you didn't have then that, you know, you think really helped you? I mean, I, I'm going to try to keep this a little broad before I get like very metaphysical and, and alchemical on you, but hey, I, hey, bring, the I, title it's left unsaid, <laughs> bring it on. Meditation has really changed my life. in mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, I, I first meditation came into my life in 2018 and it really, and it was again on, on instinct and curiosity there's a meditation center that is on the street where I always used to go to the gym when it was open pre-COVID. And I passed it all the time. And I never once like thought to like look in there. But then like one day, I just noticed a sign outside and it was, uh, and there was all these different meditations that were available. And I don't know, there's just like this, like this feeling in your body that like when you're just paying attention you feel it, you know, like it's, it's just like an, a, a very automatic instinctual thing that happens. Like you just stop, you take a double, you do a double take. There's this feeling in your gut or, you know, like for me, it happens a lot in, in, in my gut. And I just thought to go inside and ask, you know, listen to that intuition about their classes. Yeah. yeah. And um, I signed up for like, it was like $30 to like, or I, mean, I think it might've been $50, but it was $50 for unlimited classes for a month to just try whatever you wanted. And I had just gotten finished writing, uh, writing on the last man on earth, which was my first television writing job. And I just found out that the show was canceled. <laughs> and, and so I was in LA now um, already having gotten my first credit, which was great. But then the show got canceled I basically had both my feet in LA for the first time, knew that this was going to be kind of like where I was headed, but I had no idea what was next. And if I could get a second TV writing credit, like, so it was just kind of, again, in this moment of uncertainty. And so I think that like me following my instinct into this meditation center was, I think like then was what got me through and is even currently now getting me through this year is learning about like how to connect with, with myself, learning about consciousness coming into a new sense of awareness with myself where I, I really feel like a, a separation of, of identifying with my physical self. Like there's no, 
I feel very unattached to any identity. And I think that that's been very liberating um, in a lot of sense. And I can feel whenever I'm suffering, I know that I've attached, there's an attachment that I'm not letting go of. And it's always a signifier for me as if I'm suffering, that there's some attachment that I am having trouble letting go of. And that can be in any, you know, aspect of life. But a lot of times it's an aspect of, of myself, of an ide- something I'm over identifying with that's really, and that's coming into question. That's like my ego is not letting go of it. And so I think that since there's been like this, like, I, I like to think of it as like water and oil separating. And there's been like this separation of over identifying with the self. I feel a lot more free to be in the unknown. There is something when in, in meditation called the zero point field, essentially. And it's this place of the unknown. It is like the one, it's it's the quantum field where if you can become nothing and you can become nobody and you can become empty, you can create anything from that place. Like nothingness and emptiness is the place of creation. And if you can tap into that nothingness and that emptiness, you can create your future there that's free from the conditioned past and our conditioning. Like we have the same thoughts over and over and over and over again every day. And so if you can tap into that just for a moment, you can create a new thought and that new thought then creates like a, a brand new future. And so like something that's been very liberating for me too, has been like the best way to predict the future is to create it. And that's interesting. makes me feel very empowered in that way. Um, and I have to like, co- like on a daily basis, have to kind of like keep that thought in my, in my mind until that becomes the thing, the belief that is embodied. Like I believe it in my bones. Yeah. So we're like in this, in this moment of we're in this free fall moment. And um, like, even for myself, like even knowing this, like I'm still also like in this free fall, I think with, with everyone else. And even though I know, like, I don't think, I don't feel like I'm in this moment of like I, I, any career transition, but I do feel like I'm in a moment of career expansion mm. and I'm really trying to figure out like, where do I want to expand into? Where do I want to stretch? And that, that un, like not identifying with my ego or any, or any identity is really helping because I think if I over-identified with myself as a writer or, or over-identified myself with Hollywood or over-identified myself with any like any title or story i'm not creating space for something newer and something true to to appear yeah i love that that's there's there's so much to unpack there and you know for for my same friend who's doubting themselves (laughs) i'm curious for you how would you if you could wrap all that up for someone who's just like all right why would I do meditation? How would meditation help me in this time of, as you said, it free fall, right? Like what's, how do you wrap that up in one sentence for them? How, how do I wrap up um, meditation in one sentence? Or how, how med- the impact of meditation? Oh, um, there is, most meditations don't take a long time to do. I think a lot of people think of like uh, little monks that sit for hours on end, mm-hmm. but there's, I, I'm in the middle or toward the end, actually, I have five more days to go of a 40 day, 40 day meditation that I've been doing in uh, Kundalini yoga. And it's 17 minutes long daily. And 
the teacher says like, do you like basically asks every day, like, do you have 17 minutes to transform your life from the inside out? And And, uh, and for me, like the answer is yes. Like there is, um, but there has to, you have to come to that moment on your own, like, like transformation, any change that you want to make in your life has to happen because you have to have, like, there has to be like an electrical charge to your intention, you know, like there has to be like, you have to want it so bad that there's like, it, it literally feels like a lightning bolt of electricity behind your intention. And then like that, that kind of energy really like creates the space for that to happen. Um, but there's nothing that we physically, like, I, I will say that something that I, I have to remember is that it's not about doing like I used to. And I think that that's the, the biggest difference between pre 2018 Ariel to post 2018 Ariel, that there was a lot of uh, my personal will involved mm-hmm. in pre 2018 Ariel. Like there was a lot of overdoing and uh, controlling uh, and like trying to manipulate the situation because I was so scared of it not working out the way that I wanted. And post 2018 Ariel, like there's a lot less doing, like there is a lot more receiving. And I think that that comes from like the trust that I've built from mindfulness and meditation. And also from knowing that when I'm doing, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not creating space. I'm like, I'm just moving around a lot and exhausting mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when there, there's like, oh my God, I, what did I read the other day that was was really great? That like transformation re- doesn't require any doing on our part. Like it really just requires us to become very still and to it, it had it was like about like whole, like having like this deep knowing, accepting reality essentially is like what what the takeaway was like having a deep knowing of the current reality and really coming into a place of acceptance. The example that was given was if you are not at peace, then can you come into a place of acceptance, radical acceptance that you are not at peace? And there, it is in that acceptance of I am not at peace that like all of a sudden there's just like this new space that's created for like peace to come in. Like if you've just like, because you've essentially, you're not creating resistance. As soon as you like loosen the grip on like not being okay with not being at peace, there's just like your fist goes from a closed fist to an open fist. And then all of a sudden there's space for peace to come in. And then it doesn't require like all this, like, like physical doing on our part. I Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it, ma- it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um, except for the whole closed fist, open fist. I don't know if you can have an open fist, but you know, semantics, but I think, so what, what I think I'm hearing from you and tell me if this, if this lands for you is that really, it's not about doing, it's about being. Yes. And if you, if we can separate ourselves from this urge to just constantly do and just actually sit there and be in the moment, it opens space for just other possibilities, other options, other things that we can create because we're not just so focused on do, do, do. Yeah. 
and and it's not that like there's never there is a time for doing but it's a matter of like taking inspired action right like literally not moving until it's time to move it is an art in of itself um and it's also kind of I, I like i really resonate with like the spirit of lions in that way in that like lions male lions at least like they they spend most of their day sleeping and resting and they only act and attack at when it's time to like they have very they're very intentional when they move but when they attack they do it you know like they they like it's a very intentional target that they're that they act on but if it's not that time they don't exhaust themselves they totally indulge in their rest and uh and regenerate and regenerating their their energy uh they only act when it's time to act i mean you are, you are speaking my language i'm a leo and <laughs> if i could sleep all day and just intentionally act like ooh, i would i would do, i would do that but no that and that makes you know i think that makes sense because we often i mean we all are you know most of us who are here working professionals um know that that hamster wheel, that rat race that we get ourselves into is just looking busy to just look busy, right? You're being busy, just look busy. You're not doing much. And it's often the people that, you know, take a step back, sit and intentionally move or look at like, well, why aren't you doing anything? What's going on? Are you not? It's like, no, when I speak, I speak with a purpose. I speak with intention. When I do something, you know, you know, I only tweet like once every quarter because I do it with intention. I I don't know how often I tweet. Not not that often, but when I do tweet, it's like, oh, I have actually have something to say, so I'm going to say it. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. So so all of this, the, the meditation practice, the you know, we haven't gotten to the other tools in your toolbox yet, but this this has been, I think this has been like the the main seems like the main tool. This is my main tool. I think it's also because it's just at the forefront of like my life right now. I think like I've just needed it so much this year. Like it's, it's held me in so many ways this year, like into, you know, I, I, I have dissolved into water so many times that like, it's really meditation has been like the container that's kind of like helped me this year for sure. That's, that's a, it's a very calming visual, <laughs> right? Cause usually you think like you fall when you melt into water, you just go everywhere. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that, that reminds me of the, what you talked about before that free fall. Like if I'm just melting into water and there's nothing there to catch me, I just go everywhere and then I evaporate. But if right. I have a container, I might evaporate a little bit, but at least I'm, I'm still mostly there. Right. So that, that, that image just, you know, it, it, at least for me, it gives me a little bit of sense of like, oh, if, if I have a container, it could be meditation, it could be something else for other people. Mm-hmm. But having that container to catch yourself when you do melt into water helps to keep you together. Yeah. So that's that's really, really great. So, so how does all of this, you know, go and play into kind of like, you know, where you see yourself going in the future as you think about, you know, you're now in entertainment, doing your writing, directing, directing, no producing, which I can't, you just had a short film come out, right? Yeah, I yeah I co-directed the short film, uh, co-wrote it, and then I was uh, I was the featured performer. Oh, you just do you just want to do it all? Yeah, I do want to do it all. It's really I like 
I like like doing all the things, wearing all the hats, and and I like I think being on set is my favorite place in the TV making process. So that's being in front of and behind the camera is like how how I get to be on set, which feels like being in a life size dollhouse, which has always been my dream. Did <laughs> <laughs> you make your dreams come true? Um, what is the name of this short film, and where can uh, we watch it? It's called Desert Like a Witch, and you can watch it on my Vimeo uh, channel. Um, I don't know, like www.vimeo.com forward slash Ariel. Send us the link. We'll, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the episode description. I will. I'll do that. Yeah. So I, I just had that short come out, um, and then on the Netflix series that I'm on right now, I'm a uh, writing producer which means I have the same job I've always had. Uh, and as a TV writer, you're, you're, oh, you're just, you're writing. Your titles change just depending on, like, as you, as you move up the ladder and, you know, how, also just depending on how good your lawyer is. <laughs> <laughs> Get a good lawyer, everybody. It's the first step in being an adult. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you're, you're doing the writing thing. You're doing side projects. Do you have any other kind of side project, hustles, hobbies that you you know, are passionate about, want to tell folks about? If not, it's um, okay. Because you're doing a lot. You're doing it all. Yeah, I'm I'm writing. I'm also writing an animated feature for Nickelodeon right now. So that's super fun. Uh, it, it feel that that was such a fun project to say yes to because uh, it, it feels so playful. It really felt like, you know, it is work and, and it is, you know, like I still have to sit down and write, but there's this like an I I grew up on Nickelodeon even more so than I love Disney like channel like I watched Disney Channel all the way through like till I got to college but like Nickelodeon there's something there's a little bit ed, they're edgier you know like their cartoons and their shows were always had like an edgier sense of humor that what was your uh, favorite one I loved Hey Arnold and Doug oh my God Doug Doug Funny who's also a writer always wrote in his journal <laughs> true. It's true. The Rugrats were my favorite when I was a, like a young kid. And then I loved like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple and um, The Wild Thornberries. Like I just like I grew up on Nickelodeon. Like I so like writing an animated feature for them now, like feels really cool. And it, it felt like a, a chance for my inner child to come out and play and to kind of like, like use my imagination the way that I would when I was that age. Um, so that, so that's really cool. And it's also, it's my first feature. Um, so I feel like incredibly lucky that I get to write a movie. I've never written a movie before. And, um, yeah. And then I'm just like getting into like playing with my friends, like, you know, like as much as we can in COVID times, making short stuff, like I, you know, I have friends who, you know, write and direct and, just want to use their creative muscles. So like doing, I just did like a, another short film. I didn't write or direct. I just acted. And it was me and another person who, you know, we had to like sit on different couches six feet apart and then have coverage of each of us. So it looks like we're having conversation face to face, but we're not. Yeah. And so stuff like that, like I'm just trying to have fun and I'm, Honestly, like all my free time when I'm, when I'm, well, there's not a whole lot of free time, but like the free time I have, I'm 
just focusing on developing my my inner life further. I'm spending a lot of time in either my meditation or in prayer, which for me, uh, I'm not a religious person, but I'm like a deeply spiritual person. And so for me, like prayer is in conversation with my ancestors, my spirit guides, any angels that have been with me throughout, you know, like the course of my life and are with me now. And, and, and just developing that conversation, it really feels like my whole life, I've always felt that presence. Like I've just always felt it. And now it just feels like I'm able to more intentionally tap into that other world and, and really feel the response. You know, it's always like, I can, if I ask a question, like I know that I'm going to receive an answer and it's going to be an answer in the form of a conversation with a friend, you know, or on a walk and like, like the other day I was like walking back from Starbucks and like, I saw like these two hummingbirds, like, like zip past me. And I was just like, knew that good stuff was happening in my life and was going to come, you know, like it was just also around the corner, just expecting good news, things like that. So like, yeah, most of my time, like whenever I, when I first get up in the morning is like spent in prayer or meditation. Connecting, building that container. Bigger mm-hmm. and bigger, more of you as you melt. I love it. So I'm going to ask right now, because I think it's a good, good point. We're, we do this segment where we give the guests 60 seconds to just... Oh, oh this sounds like pressure. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. To really just leave it all out there on the table. And the reason why I want to do this now is because what you just said about you spend a lot of time kind of in conversation your ancestors, spirits, angels, and I actually want to bring them in to this as well, if possible. Okay. To see in 60 seconds, like, what do you have to say? Like, what do you want everyone to know? Leave it all out. Leave nothing left unsaid. 60 seconds on the clock. Wait, there's no container for this? It's just... (laughs) There's no container. No container. I mean, think about the conversation we just had. Think about where you are. Think about the audience, the MAPE alumni out there, the the, the potential MAPE, you know, fellows of future years, um, anybody. Just like, what do you want to leave people with as you close out the co- this conversation? Oh, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Starting now? Starting five seconds. No, okay. Starting now. Okay. Starting right now. Wait. Now. Okay. Um... I might go on a, on a bunch of different tangents, but I would expect no less something, something that, uh, that I am doing right now. And that like, I've been writing in, in my journal every day, um, has been about taking responsibility for my own life and inhabiting my own life. Like that's, those are the phrases that are coming up more often inhabiting my own life and taking responsibility for my own life. And I don't think that I realized because I was so unconscious to like my patterns that I real that a lot of what I was doing before by making my goals so external was that I was avoiding taking responsibility for my own life. And what that means is like that I there was a lot of things in my inner life that I didn't want to develop because that was not as sexy as maybe applying for like a big, a job at a big company or distracting myself with relationships or 
having like my mindset on hitting some external milestone that other people could validate. And I would say like, like as far, if I could, I don't like giving advice because it, it, it feel, feels hi- hierarchical, which. Well, this, don't think of it as advice. This is just <laughs> something you want to leave everybody with. You don't have to tell anyone to do anything. I like, so I guess like I'll, I'll say like, you know, like even just t- talking to myself in this moment that there is nothing more important than having the courage to to step into your own life and really inhabit it with your whole being and like to also like not be afraid of coming into wholeness. I think that for me, at least like I've seen whether it was with my career or friendships or relationships as like some viewed it as something not consciously. I don't think anybody goes into, you know, certain situations thinking consciously, Oh, I don't feel like a whole person. So I'm going to do this because it might make me feel whole, but unconsciously we, we can do that whenever it, whenever we focus on things that are too material. And I don't mean things like, like in a materialistic way, I mean, literally matter the physical world we live in, anything that has to do with earth, earthly things, when we focus on that, it really, it's, it's not as expansive or limitless as when you focus on the feeling of it, you know? So like, whenever I think about like what I want for my career, it, it, I know that I'm not thinking big enough. If I'm thinking like, I'm just just an example, like, Oh, I want to, I want to be on SNL. I want to be, I want to have my own HBO series. That's not thinking big enough. What's thinking bigger and more like that, which leaves room for infinite possibilities is I want to feel valued. I like, that's the feeling that I want my career to have. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel gratitude, like tapping into the feeling of something puts you in the moment now of already having it. And then that like draws things to you like a magnet, like you cannot, you're, you become irresistible to anything that matches that frequency. And so you can't get to that feeling of, or that frequency, unless you're willing to take responsibility for your own life. Like, unless you're willing to excavate all of the unconscious patterns inside of you that are blocking those things from your life, then you cannot become a magnet for those things. And in order for you to become like, to get to that frequency, you have to like literally root out whatever's not that. And that includes like having to be, make the unconscious conscious. I hope that somehow like, makes sense in, in a circular way that I've like gotten to a point, but take responsibility for your own life to make the unconscious conscious tap into the frequency of what you want something to be. So you can attract it. The frequency of, of something is more expansive and bigger than the material physical wanting of it or the, or manifestation of it, I should say. Boom. That's- <laughs> there it is goes back to those what do you say electrifying intentions or electric intentions i can't remember exactly how you phrased it and yeah the, and the choices you know, everyone everyone has more agency than they realize they have a choice in the matter and you even said before i think it's like you know the the best way to for to foretell the future is to build it yourself mm-hmm. to create you said, it said something like that 
He said it better than I did. <laughs> so, Ariel, this has, as always, has been such a great conversation, enlightening. I feel like every time we chat, we just go deeper and deeper. Um, you're doing, you know, big things, both, yes, in your career and also, like, with yourself and how you are pushing forward. I thank you for coming on and, and having, spending some time with me and sharing your story, who you are, where you are, what's important with the millions of listeners that we have for this podcast <laughs> or eventually will one day. But, yes. you know, I would say if you inspire one person, then you've already started to change the world with that. And I know somebody will be touched by what you said today. And I thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. Yes, yes. And I'm sure we'll be having more conversations. Not sure we'll record all of them and share them, you know, with the world. But I look forward to our next one. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>